1: Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk.
2: Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. This is the behavior edition. And my name is Lori Fass, and I'm here to talk to you about whatever questions you have about your pet's behavior. Uh, Sometimes people call in and they don't have a question, but they want to make a statement or they want to share information. And I'm open to that, too. I've learned some pretty interesting things from callers calling in. So you are welcome to do that, too. The numbers here are 860 522 WTIC or 1 800 w t i c and as always if you wanted to talk to me but not on the air the best way to do that is to check out my website which is lauriefastdogtraining.com and you can contact me through that phone number or through the email that's listed on that website but i'd love to have you on the show today i just got here um the lines are all open and so if you call in now you'll definitely get on the air I'll give a second to think about what you might want to talk about, but I'd love to have you. Anyway, one of the things that I wanted to mention is a problem that it's not really a behavior issue. It's a, it's a mud issue. Um, a lot of people, as we're going into thawing out and freezing up and snow melting and rain, uh, are complaining about you know, how muddy their their lawns get especially, you know, certain paths or certain spots that just get really pretty bad. And uh, this winter I found to be worse than previous years because we had so much fluctuation with temperatures. When we were having those really cold snaps, uh, everything was frozen up, so it really wasn't a problem. But having the thaw outs and then the the snow melting, I um, I usually get straw. (laughs) And straw works really well. Um, At one point, I was getting hay, but straw seems to work even better. It seems to have more of an absorbent effect. And uh, it's – I mean, you can get straw if you live in a more rural area, probably anywhere. But uh, where I'm getting it closer to my house in Newington, um, it's seasonal. So when I got my straw this year, I – underestimated how much I needed. uh, But I'm going to get some more in the spring. But a lot of people haven't heard of doing this, so I'm just saying it works really well. Uh, You might want to consider this as a possibility because it makes a big difference if there's a big puddle and there's a big mud puddle, especially there's certain spots right out my door or certain paths that my dogs run back and forth through. Uh, If you pack that down with some straw... Uh, it's going to save you a lot of trouble. I'm not going to say it's going to be 100%, but um, it it definitely makes a big difference. So if you you are complaining about mud and you want a suggestion about what to do about it, uh, that would be the way to go. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention is that I'm always available uh, to do um, private lessons, but I have been doing my group lessons more seasonally. Uh, Sometimes in the past, I had done groups in the winter, but then I was kind of stuck inside. So I decided, well, you know what, I'd rather have access to outside. So in any case, I can't believe how quickly this month is going by. We're almost into the month of March. And starting in March, I have two classes coming up. One in the town of windsor and one in the town of west hartford and um, that is listed on my website and if you are interested in doing a group particularly the one in west hartford you should probably register as soon as possible because that one pretty much always fills up so just to give some information here if you're interested in doing a group i have groups in windsor groups in west hartford and you can check my website okay let's see what i can do we've got a caller here. Uh, Hi, Lauren. Hello? Lauren? Yes, hello. Uh, Okay, there you go. All right. I got to push the right button, apparently. So, sorry about that. (laughs) Okay, what can I help you with?
0: Um, So, uh, my dog got sprayed by a skunk last night, and I'm looking for the best remedy um, to stop that smell.
2: Okay, well... um, Probably the reason that the skunky smell is so sticky is because it is sticky. It's oily, and mm-hmm. um, that's what we really need to get rid of. And um, if I were going to give you the exact proportions, I'd probably have it wrong. But you can Google search this. And basically what it is, it's a mixture of Dawn liquid detergent. And, okay. I, th- and I think they put some peroxide in there and some baking soda in there. Oh okay. Okay. Um,
0: all my all of my neighbors were saying
2: tomato juice. Oh, that no, you know, I've I've done that. <laughs> it looks, and I got to tell you, duh, it doesn't work that great, and it's like a big mess. But the the um, I mean, honestly, whatever you do, your dogs going to be a little bit skunky for a while especially when it gets wet but the uh-huh. but i found that what is causing the problem of getting rid of the skunk spray is because it, it clings because it has an oily quality to it and that's what the dawn liquid detergent is going to help you with to get rid of that, oh. that um, oiliness
0: okay great that's yeah i <laughs> i'm on my way back from work now so i think that's what's that's gonna be the first thing I do
2: yeah, so just you can just google search you know skunk shampoo remedy dawn liquid and I'm sure it'll pop up what the proportions would be and you know as I say I'm pretty sure the add-ins are peroxide and, and baking soda but I'm not going to give you the exact recipe you're driving anyway and it, and it's <laughs> and it's it's online so you can find it okay all right thank you so much I appreciate it okay well you're gonna be skunked up a little bit for a while but at least at least you'll make it better <laughs> yeah okay well, good talking to you and good luck with your de-skunking there <laughs>
0: thank you very much
2: You have a great day okay you too yeah I've had a few um, dog skunk run-ins years ago I had a bull terrier and bull terriers are known to not really have the greatest discretion or inhibitions when it comes to pretty much anything and a lot of dogs if they get sprayed in the face with a skunk will back off and what my bull terrier did was she was, I saw this in my backyard it was crazy she was chasing the skunk and the skunk sprayed her in the face and she stopped because the skunk stopped running because that's what skunks do when they spray as soon as the skunk started running again she started chasing it again in which case the skunk sprayed her one more time and this went on about three or four times until the skunk ducked under the uh, under, under the fence so I'm very glad she didn't actually catch the skunk so maybe it it served that purpose but she got sprayed pretty gosh darn good about four times so that was that was lots of fun <laughs> but anyway once again we're listening to pet talk on wtic my name is Lori fast we're here today to talk to you about whatever questions or problems you might have particularly with your pet's behavior and uh, the numbers to call are 860 wtic or 1-800-966-WTIC. I, I wanted to also share with you a product. Anytime there's a new product, I'm always happy to to talk about it. And this one is something that, to be honest with you, I don't think would appeal to me, but I could see where some people would like this. Um, I know how really popular those little plastic uh, dog poop bag things are that people have on their leashes, Um People love those things. I mean, obviously, they want to have their poop bags available. I hate them because I think of a leash as being more of a training tool. And when I'm using it as a training tool, this thing flops all around and whacks me. And I'm not super thrilled about this. But anyway, sort of an adjunct of that. Somebody came up with this idea because uh, I guess she was fostering basset hounds and she was walking multiple basset hounds at once and then if she was cleaning up their poop um which was that's we're glad she's cleaning up their poop she was having trouble holding the leashes and the poop bags simultaneously so she came up with this idea, and apparently this product is doing great. She did something like two hundred thousand dollars worth of sales last year. So obviously people like this thing. It's called Do Loop, D O O L O O P, and basically what it is, it, it uh, the top of it kind of looks like a, a plastic circle, and it goes down into almost like a like one of the tongs on a potato masher, which is where she got the idea from. So it's kind of a long uh, piece where two pieces of plastic are kind of close together. So if you had a poop bag and you tied a knot in it, you could pull it through and it would stay anchored into this do loop thing. <laughs> OK, so basically you can have this hanging off of your leash and not actually in your hand, um, which... Uh, you know, I could see where, you know, some people might might like this. Obviously, people like it. People are buying it like crazy. Um, but it would solve the problem of if you're picking up poop and you don't want to hold it and you just want to attach it to your leash. Again, I, I'm not a fan of that. But what I do with my dogs is probably not what everybody would do. But what I do with my dogs is I ask them to go and do their business in the yard before we go. And then when we're on the walk, we're walking. We're not looking for places to poop. We're just doing our walk. It's not poop land, search land. It's just walking. Um, And then when we come home, they have another opportunity to do that. But I don't know that uh, everybody takes walks like that. I think a lot of people are walking, and part of the purpose is they are doing it to have their dog relieve themselves. So I'm just sharing that because I'm sure there are people that would think this do-loop thing is a great idea, um, and particularly people who like to have the little poop bag thing (laughs) on their leash already. Um, But uh, just sharing it information for some people who might think, hey, that's a great idea. So you can just look it up at doloop.com if it sounds like it's something that might appeal to you. So anyway, one of the things that I wanted to get into today and talk about is um, the subject of people referring to their pets as fur babies. And, you know, I mean, anybody who loves their pets obviously considers them members of the family and We would love them the same way we would love our children, maybe a little different, but I mean, they're close to us. And as a term of endearment to call your pet a fur baby, um, I can understand that. I can relate to that. But it becomes a problem because people have a tendency to think of their dogs as being perpetual babies and they don't ever allow them to grow up and treat them like adult animals. And that can lead to a lot of different problems. And I wanted to discuss that, but I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to a break and we're gonna talk about why thinking of your pets as fur babies, other than as a ter- term of endearment and as a descriptive way to dis- to think of their personality, may get you in trouble. So anyway, let's, let's do the break and we'll be right back. This week's edition of Pet Talk, you're listening to the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass, and the lines are open. So if you have a question about your pet and particularly about your pet's behavior, this is the show to call. So I'm going to share the numbers one more time. It's 860-522-WTIC or one 800 966 WTIC and as always if you'd like to talk to me off the air uh, just check my website Lori Fast Dog Training and you can get all my contact information through that and uh, if you just can't get to the phone or maybe you don't want to be on the air um, that's fine too. Okay so right before the break I brought up the subject of people referring to their pets as fur babies and we who have pets, most of us anyway, really love our pets. And so I can understand that from, a, from an emotional point of view. But I think sometimes people fail to recognize that um, animals grow up and they're not perpetual babies and they're not perpetual puppies. Um, and the fact of the matter is that the process of domestication has, with, within our dogs, created a much more juvenile type of behavior than a wild animal would have for example. Uh, And a study that was done starting in I think in the 1950s in Russia where they were taking fox and taking the tamest fox and um, breeding it to the tamest of those foxes. Over generations what they found is that uh, not only were they creating more and more friendly fox but certain qualities like floppy ears, different vocalizations, um, even spots. Uh, the, the kind of spots that we see on wild animals are like cheetahs or leopards that, you know, kind of have sort of a camouflage effect. The kind of spots we see on domestic animals, like cows even, are, are quite different. And they were starting to see that on the foxes that they were creating creating through this domestication process. But even though um, our domestic dogs are much more juvenile-like in their nature, they still do grow up. And um, if people don't honor and recognize that, it can get them into a lot of trouble. So one of the things that is commonly uh, people have questions about this or they get upset about this is um, when they, they're they bringing their dog to a dog park or to a doggy daycare type situation. Now, generally speaking, if a dog is very young, uh, they think everything is a game and everything is a joke and everything's a big ha-ha and we have lots of energy and we want to expend energy playing with other silly dogs. But most dogs... Not all, because some dogs never outgrow this, but most dogs get to a point where, number one, they don't have that same degree of energy, or two, they just don't have the desire to play like that anymore. And people get really upset by this because they think that, well, I mean, I don't really know what people think, but I they seem to think that if a dog can't get along in that type of an environment, it means there, there's something wrong with their dog. Uh, so for instance, if, um, your teacher called you and said that, um, your child could not play with other children or was acting antisocial or, uh, didn't want to participate in, you know, some games or social activities that were happening at the school, uh, you'd probably be upset, but that might actually be a problem because with our children, we're wanting them to develop social skills. They're going to have to live in a world with other people, uh, function in some sort of group, whether it's a job or just, you know, grow up, have your own family, deal with people on a day-to-day basis. But the life That our pets have is completely different than that. They they're not going to go out into the world and you know uh, have other dogs that they're interacting with necessarily unless you put them in that position. And uh, very often dogs form friendships with particular dogs or particular you know friends dogs, and that's an entirely different situation. And and some dogs who are Well, we'll say just not all that friendly or maybe a little bit more territorial, have a similar kind of an attitude about people. So um, it's not uncommon for people to say to me that their dog is very comfortable with this large group of people, sometimes smaller, sometimes larger, that the dog met as a youngster, but now that it's an adult, it no longer wants to interact with people. And sometimes the not wanting to interact morphs into actually having an aggression problem, which obviously is something that we need to to work with as a training issue. But my point is that it's not realistic to think that how a puppy and a young dog acts has anything whatsoever to do with how an adult dog acts. And you shouldn't expect that. And if you do, you're gonna run into a problem. Okay, I'm gonna talk to John here for a minute. Um, hi, John. Hello? Hi. Yeah, hello?
1: Hi, how are you? I get you now. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. It's been a call for a long time. I have about a 10 year old cat who was a love sponge, a girl, who no longer urinates in the box
2: I have for her. She used to. Okay. She's now urinating around the house. Okay, well, did you... How how, how can I get her back in the box? All right, well, first question is, did you have her checked for a urinary tract infection? No. Okay, that's the number one thing you have to do. Because that's usually the first sign that there is a problem. Okay. Okay, so um, I've had cats that are great with their litter box. They pee outside the box, red flag, uh, and then we need to give them medication. So we need to do that, definitely need to do that. And that may be the problem. Okay. Okay, and if that is not the problem, and it turns out that it is a behavior problem, there are a number of things that we can do. uh, But rather than say, okay, well, let's do this, let's do that, let's do the other thing, um, it could be just just simply fixed with some antibiotics.
1: You know, I'm truly grateful
2: to you for this. Kitty
1: is a love sponge for me.
2: Yeah, Thank well, you. I would I would definitely check into that because you don't want that to continue. If it's a if it is a urinary tract infection, it can go into the kidneys and it can, you know, cause other problems. But whenever an older animal uh, develops some behavior issue that we never saw before the first thing we want to check is to make sure that they're healthy and there's nothing wrong and urinary tract infections are very common so i would definitely do that okay i am truly grateful to you thank you thank you okay well you're very welcome john thanks for calling bye-bye bye-bye okay so we're coming up on a break and we will be right back after that
1: Pet Talk is back now Saturdays at one on WTIC News Talk 1080.
2: It's dog, dog. Hello, I'm just welcome up. back to Pet Talk on WTIC. This is the Behavior Edition of the show. Next week will be the Veterinary Edition of the show. And if you have any questions about your pet's behavior or if you would like to just call in and share some information, uh, I've had some callers with some very interesting information that I appreciate. You're very welcome to do so. Uh, The numbers here are 860 522 W-T-I-C or one 800 wtic And again, if you want to get in touch with me off the air, just check my website, lauriefassdogtraining.com. Anyway, before the break, I was talking about how people like to refer to their pets as fur babies and how this can get people in trouble because it creates kind of a mentality of expectation of your pet to remain puppyish or... You know, I guess in some cases kittenish. Although most people with kittens, when their kittens start settling down, are glad that their kittens are no longer acting all crazy. People seem to have a little bit of a more realistic expectations of their cats than their dogs, for whatever reason. But uh, I think some one of the things that I was talking about is how dogs will outgrow a doggy daycare or a dog park, and it's all perfectly normal, and it's not a bad reflection on your dog. Um, but another way that this sometimes comes um, comes out is people's belief that, oh, you know, just dogs are just these cuddly, wuddly, I love them, they love me, kind of Barney dinosaur kind of creatures. And I've known of people to do what I would consider to be quite idiotic things in, in saying hello to a dog. I remember I had gotten a phone call from someone who had an adult borable. Which is a South African mastiff. And uh, they're, you know, pretty impressive looking dogs. And I think this dog was about two years old. And she was walking the dog down the street. And some stranger came running up to the dog and grabbed the dog's cheeks because they have kind of those jowly kind of cheeks and started, you know, making that kind of thing with its cheeks and in its face. Oh, aren't you cute? With the cheeks. And she was calling me because she was upset that her dog growled at the person who was doing this to her dog. And I told her that I was very uh happy that her dog growled and left it at that because that was entirely inappropriate. So what was, to me, the strange thing about this situation is... Why are we letting this person do this to our dog? And why is that okay? Uh, Could you imagine if you were walking down the street and somebody ran up to you and grabbed your cheeks and started flapping them around and getting in your face? I I mean, I think you probably have something to say about that. So I thought I told her that I thought her dog showed a lot of restraint not biting this person. Which, if, it, if the dog did bite the person, it might not have been all that crazy. But why would you do that? And why would you think that's okay? I, I have no idea. Uh, a similar situation, I was working with a uh, large, unruly, completely untrained uh, Rottweiler. And um, we were just starting to get him to settle down and, and learn some manners. And we were walking outside, and the neighbor came running up to the dog. So I figured, okay, well, you know, it's the neighbor. The neighbor must know this dog, obviously. And then the neighbor starts taking his um, index finger and thumb and flicking it, like making this weird flicking noise in the dog's face. Oh, lie, 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 With the flicking in the dog's face. And it happened so fast. What I was thinking, my processing of the initial thing was, This guy knows this dog. He's been doing this since this dog has been a puppy. The the dog recognizes him. This is some kind of thing they do, some kind of understanding. At which point the dog grabbed the guy's um, pointer finger and bit it. Enough that the guy, you know, I mean, he didn't chomp his finger off, which he could have, uh, but the guy was bleeding and going, oh, oh what happened? Why did that happen? And, I, and, and at that point, I, then it occurred to me that uh, maybe this really wasn't a thing and he really didn't know the dog. And I asked him, um, do you know this dog? And he said, oh, I met him one time when he was four months old. And I said, well, do you really think it's appropriate to be flicking your fingers in his face like that? And so, you know, some people might think, oh, what a bad dog. He bit his finger. And I'm thinking this person is completely inappropriate. Where is your respect for this animal's you know, this is an animal. It's it's not a person. I mean, if you come up to a person and start flicking them in their face, they're not going to like it. Chances are, they're not going to bite you, but they're going to swat your hand away or say, get out of here. What the heck are you doing? Um, And I think we don't do that to people for the most part, because, you know, people do this to little babies. Oh, are they cute? Oh, they grab their cheeks. And a lot of babies don't like that. Um, But you know at least they're babies and they are somewhat clueless they might tolerate it more but i don't know why people think they can do this to dogs and and i've seen this time and time again and this is something that i have uh, mentioned in the past where uh new england german shepherd rescue has you provide um references and they ask questions to the re- to the person that is supposed to be the 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 character reference for the person who wants to adopt the dog. And I was um, used for this at one point, and they called me. They asked me a lot of questions about this potential adoptee for uh, this German shepherd. And one of the questions, which I'll never forget, which I thought was just so such a great question, but I never really thought of it until they put it this way, is they asked whether or not the woman who was interested in adopting the dog would have any trouble at all being rude to people. And I thought, wow, that's uh, an interesting question. And in light of these things that I just said to you, I totally get that because, you know, you shouldn't, if your dog is a adult being with some sort of dignity that wants to be treated with some degree of respect. um, Why would you just let people bum rush them and flick them in the face? And um, I knew somebody had a standard poodle and people would come up to the dog and grab its, its fluffy poof on the top of his head and honk it. And the dog was getting really annoyed and that's annoying. Why are you doing this? And so very often people will come to me and they'll say that they think there's something wrong with their dog's behavior. And I'll tell them, I think there's something wrong with the way people are treating your dog. And and that is going to be perceived by people as being rude. But, that you know, we, we do need to be a little bit protective of our dogs in that way. And, again, it, it kind of goes back to your dog is not a fur baby. Your dog is not some little stuffed toy here for other people's amusement and entertainment. It's, it's, a, it's a sovereign being that should be respected. And you that's part of your job, to keep your animals safe, is to do that. So, anyway, um, I think maybe we need to go to a break. And we have a couple of calls coming in so we'll get to those after the break
1: pet talk is back now saturdays at 1 on WTIC and news talk 1080 oh i
2: guess they'll never know hello and welcome back to How WTIC's pet really talk deep. I'm here up until a couple minutes before two o'clock, so if you want to call in, I can still squeeze you in at 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC or contact me off the air. Check out my website, com. Okay, so let's see if I can connect to Will here. Hi, Will. Hi. How are you? I am uh, getting cold with the snow coming down, but otherwise <laughs> fine. Okay. Well, what can I do for you today? I
1: am. Uh, uh, I, I have a home, I have a yard. Uh, I am just by myself, single, no kids. Uh, I am looking to have a dog. I have had them in the past. Uh, I have had a beagles, basically. Looking to get something similar in terms of size. So 40 to 80 pounds something that's short-haired but i don't want a hound because i want something that can you know a dog that can be off the leash you know it always depends on the personality of the dog but a hound you know they see something and they're gone so i didn't know if you had any recommendations and in particular one that would be relatively easy to train
2: well um you know there are so many different types of dogs and part of when you say easy to train, sometimes – I'll give you an example, okay? Um, let's take a bulldog for an example. Some people consider them easy dogs because they tend to be very laid back. They don't really want to do that much for the most part. They sit around. They, but medically, they they have more of a high-maintenance kind of a situation. But in terms of what you need to do for them uh, – You don't need to do that much. They just hang out. That's it, okay? But if I wanted to train them to do things, uh, they'd be a little challenging. So then contrasting that, say, to a border collie, uh, which are – you know, quick learning dogs, uh, but they have a lot of energy. So, you know, they're not just going to be content to just sit around. So unless you really want to do stuff with them all the time, uh, you're going to have a problem with that. So, you know, rather than for me to try to say to you, well, this dog is the best dog for you, what I would like you to do, uh, and it's on my website, but there, there's a website that I think is really good. I put a link to it up on my website. It's called Your Purebred Puppy. And what's okay. good What's good about this particular um, website is it not only tells you uh, what's good about a particular dog, but also what challenges you might have. Um, because a lot of times if you're researching a particular dog, you're going to see more of the upsides and not any of the downsides. Mm-hmm. And so th- this website will help you. kind of determine, okay, well, is it important for this dog to be social with other dogs or people? Um, Is this a dog that uh, needs a lot of exercise? Does this dog need a lot of, you know, grooming maintenance? Um, You know, you said you wanted a short-haired dog. Well, maybe you might want a dog that needs some grooming but doesn't shed. But all of those things would be listed on that particular website. So narrowing down a particular breed of dog, I think that website is going to do you more service than I could do on the air because i would have to take a lot of time to do it and there might be breeds that you hadn't even considered but that's a great resource for doing that then once you've kind of narrowed down what dog might be most appropriate for you then what you might want to consider is that not all of any particular breed are the same so for instance we'll take golden retrievers as an example Generally, they're very trainable, they're very social, great family dogs, but because they're so popular, a lot of them are very skitterish, um, have aggression issues, uh, are very hyper and will not settle down at all. They're not calm at all. And so if you're once you've narrowed down what particular breed you might be interested in, then you have to look at the individual dog that you're thinking about adopting. So you would maybe meet uh the parents or talk to a breeder uh contact a breed club there's always a breed club for any particular purebred dog uh there's all sorts of yeah go ahead is
1: is there any uh uh advice and you can have i in in i'll definitely take a look that's that's thank you um But in terms of talking to any individual, I don't like to go to the the breeder when there are plenty in rescue centers and shelters, et cetera, and you can't get that sort of feedback. Is that something that's more. Well, if you're
2: going to go to a rescue, then you're going to end up with something unknown origin. When um, rescues say what type of a dog. dog is they're usually wrong that was a topic of one of the shows where they identify what breed a dog is based on their color which is the last thing you want to look at okay (laughs) so if you're looking at a particular dog uh, you may not know what it is unless you run some dna on it which at that point you know it's going to be too late but I would not recommend that you adopt a rescue dog that just comes up from down south off of a truck because it's it's you know just kind of a random maybe it's good maybe it's not good you really don't know so if you yeah. can go to a rescue where you can actually interact and meet with a dog and there are local rescue groups where you can do that
1: Yeah yeah no I'm familiar with a couple of those okay. I just didn't know if there were any particular Uh, uh, ways to get at that more dog specific information
2: well uh, I mean if you're going by breed if you're going to a rescue you're kind of going to lose out in that way but you know see how easily managed the dog is take it out for a walk if it's pulling around like a nut and looks like it wants to chase every squirrel up a tree it's probably going to chase every squirrel up a tree Um, (laughs) see if you can get it to pay attention to you see how you know can you position it into a sit for example is the dog amenable to that or squiggling all around or getting nippy with you um see if you can uh, do different things with the dog interactively does it pay attention is it really scatterbrained um is it calm is it active does it seem nervous um you know all of these things take on face value so you can you can gain a lot of knowledge just from interacting with the dog yourself okay well thank you for your advice i appreciate it okay you're welcome and good luck finding a dog thank you okay thanks for calling bye-bye Hi, Lisa. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, we adopted a, a rescue dog two weeks ago today, actually.
2: Okay.
0: He is, we think he's a Beagle Brittany mix. Okay. He's about 24 pounds. Um, he's very lovey, has a lot of great qualities. When we take him, he's about two and a half. They anticipated about two and a half. It was with a rescue um out of Connecticut but he came from down south we don't know what his two and a half years of life was prior to coming here when we take him for a walk Mm -hmm. he's very hyper alert with everything and it just stops him in his trap so he's completely immovable
2: how long have you had him just two weeks oh okay all right well when you're walking him what what do you have on him what is he wearing
0: so I have a leash and then the collar with the extra loop. Gosh, I don't remember Martingale? what it's
2: called. Martingale? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes. So he can't get out of it. Correct. Okay. So if I'm understanding you correctly, and I'm going to have to talk fast, if, if you want me to talk to you more, I can put you on hold and take you when the show is over. But um, usually when dogs freeze and don't want to go, people shadow their dogs and do the same thing. Is that what you're doing? So initially... When he came to a dead stop, we're trying. We're getting to know him. He's getting to know us. So I would let him just freeze and okay, look so around. Okay, so different. I would suggest that you do not do that. Okay. Okay. So in other words, if he freezes, I'm not saying, you know, run him down three blocks, but say, let's go and decide yep. in advance how far you're going to go. So if it's going to be three steps, it's going to be three steps. Then you're going to say it again. Let's go. It's going to be three steps. Three steps, because you don't want him to start freezing and then getting all stuck in that mindset. Right. Okay, and so people are I, hesitant to make their dog do that. But that's the best way to get him to be more comfortable with just going.
0: So I'm glad to hear that, because that's what we've been doing, Good. and I and I do see an improvement. Good. What I've also seen is when he sees another owner walking by with their dog... Mm-hmm. Depending on the dog, he completely will freeze and then shiver all over when he sees the
2: other dog. Okay. Well, keep your distance, but just keep going. Act like there's not a problem. Because people tend to look at what the dog is doing and then shadow what the dog is doing instead of setting an example and having the dog shadow what you're doing. And that's what you want to do.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, and then if you have any other questions, as I say, you know, I've got to wrap up the show, but contact me off the air. You're welcome to do that, too. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Okay, well, good luck with your new pup. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. And that just about wraps it up for this week's edition of Pet Talk. Thanks for tuning in.